Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Now that the Leaving Cert results are out, are you wondering what the next move should be? Why not take a look at City of Dublin ETB? 13 great colleges where passion matters so much more than points. CDETB has a huge range of PLC courses, from media to childcare, tourism to science, brilliant teachers and one-to-one attention. And PLC courses at City of Dublin ETB offer a national QQI qualification. Visit cdetb.ie to find out more. It might be the best choice you'll ever make. Yes, what a guess we've got. We've got a top keeper on. No, it's not Czech. We're talking about League One Wes. Wesley, how are you, mate? All right? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm delighted to get you on. Thanks for doing it. No, you've been chomping to get me on for about two years, so I thought I'd help you out. Like. What, was, <laughs> what, what was stopping you? Just trying to stay professional on that, huh? Just trying to stay away from your dodgy questions, mate. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> right. looking for a new club, mate. Why don't you come back? Why don't you come to Peterhead and we'll get you back to be in League One Wes? Fancy it. You reckon? Where are you going? Are you going back down south? Probably back down south, mate, yeah. Why is that with a kid in the family and that, mate? Huh? Just one of those. I think I, when I came up here, I always thought, you know, one day I'll probably go back down south. Um, so we'll see what comes up. And, yeah, make a decision from there. And what have you got? We boy, we boy now, isn't it? We boy, mate. He's 17 months now. Carnage. Uh, we Paolo. Is it Paolo you called him? Paolo. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> mate, close enough. He's called Luca, mate. Close enough. <laughs> Oh, he's rubbed off on you. The man's rubbed off on you, isn't he? It's got me for life. <laughs> uh, right, we'll get on to the career. Is that obviously a goalie, mate? Who, who wants to be a goalie? you want to be a goalie for a kid or are you outfield as well? No chance. No one wants to go and goal, mate. So I was the same. So basically, obviously I'd play like on the estate with my mates and stuff. Never went in goal once. Always on pitch. You know, you play like five aside. You play rush goalie and that. No one goes in goal. So I was playing for my Sunday league team at the time called XL. It was in White City. So we go in one day, goalie's not turned up. So I'm like, oh, I'll go and go. I fancy it. I'll try. So the coach has got like, you ever have them, you know, like the sticky mitts and a tennis ball? Yeah. You throw it and like, hits the sticky mitts. So he goes, put these mitts on. So I go, all right, son, put the mitts on. He's got me in front of like a, like a steel gate. He's like, right, that's the goal. He's like, I'm going to chuck the tennis ball at you. I want you to save it with the mitts. So I'm thinking, okay, Sam. So he's chucking his tennis ball. I'm just like, it's with the mitts, mate. Just like that. Just catching tennis ball with the mitts. He's like, yeah, Sam, you can go and go. I'm like, all right, cool. So we do, um, it's like a tarmac. So it's, it's like a, not like a gravel, kind of like a tarmac. All right, so right. it's by the side pitch. He's gone, go and go. We'll do a finishing drill. So I'm like, Sam, gone and go, doing finishing drill. I've got no technique, absolutely no technique. But I'm just like diving around, saving it, face, legs, hands, everything. So he's like, no, no. You're all right. You're all right. So I'm like, sound. So I stayed in for about a week. Um, then we go to a 
we had like an indoor tournament. So it was at like Westway Harrow Club around West London, it's like famous indoor place. So we um we do this tournament, it's under twelves and under tens. So I played on pitch for the under tens and I played in goal for the under twelves. And to be fair, I was just decent in goal, mate. So I played like I think it was like three years up in the um in that tournament, I was like eight or nine at the time. And I uh, just started from there, mate. Got picked up by a team from there. They're probably the, like the best team in, in the uh, area there. Just played, played in goal from there, mate. Mate, you are, you're, the, you're the only good-looking goalie I've ever played with. You reckon? Yeah. I do all right, mate, innit? Yeah. <laughs> I do all right, mate. Goalies are always pot ugly, man. I know. You should have been, been a striker, mate, I'm telling you. All right, what's, uh, what's West London like? Were you running about shouting brat, brat, brat? <laughs> no, no, I stayed away from all of that, mate. Was it rough where you grew up, Wes? Do you know what? Every time I say to someone, oh, um, yeah, I'm from Shepherd's Bush, West London, they go, oh, so you're posh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mate, you've got no idea. So obviously, since the Westfield has come and that, yeah. it's, a, it's a decent area now. It's not, bad, it's not bad at all. But obviously, back when I was young, there was none of that. It was terrible. It was, it was literally like somebody getting stabbed every other weekend. Oh, it was yeah. that bad. Like it was, yeah. It was. It wasn't great at all. And it was a period. I think it was when I was about. It was when I was in secondary school. They, were, they had the highest number of like knife deaths in a certain amount of time, and it was just. It was bad. But I had a decent group of friends. Stayed close with them, and you know, never had any trouble. Uh, right, at Fulham. What goalie you had? Van der Sar, Naomi, Keller, Schwarzer. That must have been a good, uh, good upbringing, mate, for a for a young goalkeeper. When I first went there. It was Van der Sar and goal. Wow. Honestly, unbelievable. I was like starstruck. I remember going, because you had to walk through the physio room to get to the changing rooms. I remember walking through, seeing Van der Sar, and I was just like, he was massive. Massive. Like, and he was just unbelievable. He was always nice, polite, good with the kids and that. And I really, really looked up to him as a top, top goalkeeper. Did, um, you, get to team? Did you get to team members? No, I was too young at that time. I was maybe 10, 11, 12, around the age when he was playing. Um, but afterwards, the goalies, so Niemi, Casey Keller and Schwarzer, I trained with them, all top guys. Who was the best, Schwarzer? <laughs> I'd say Schwarzer, yeah. Even at the time, coming towards the end of his career when he was at Fulham, he was in the gym literally every day, every shredded, absolutely ripped, flexible, um, just a really, really top goalkeeper. Yeah, are you still shredded? Left the top, let's see it. No, no chance. <laughs> no <Yeah>. chance. <laughs> See when you fought, did, you feel, did, did you go full time with full on Wes? Uh, yeah, yeah. So who, I, who I, would be the first team players in when you were full time? So Jimmy Bullard obviously was there. Uh, Johnny Pansil, there was quite a few. Um, it was sort of that. Era, it was around the time when they got to Europa League final that I was more involved with the first team. How was that? How was Bullard? A legend, mate. Any stories for us? I've got a <laughs> uh, We're training. Johnny Pantsil, right? He's a nice guy. Proper, proper nice guy. But he's mental. Like, he's got a switch just like that. Can just go. Right. So, obviously, Jimmy, he just don't care. I mean, he just mess around. just don't care. So, Johnny Pantsil's walking off, this, off, off the pitch to go inside. Jimmy's like, bet you I hit him with this ball. Bet you I hit him with this ball. He's about, he's about 50 yards away. So he rolled the ball down, took two steps back, zinged it, 
He's just gone past his head, hit the post, come back, smack, straight oh. in his face. Straight in his face. So, so he's going mad. He's going absolutely mental, right? So everyone's gone inside. Um, gone in a shower. Johnny's just like, looked like, looked like a scene out of like prison break, you know, and guys standing in there like waiting for people to come in the shower. Right? So Johnny Pantsu was standing at the back of the shower like this, like faceless, face like thunder. Jimmy's walked in, pissing himself, like, and um, Johnny's going, ah, oh, so you, you think that's funny? Jimmy's like, ah, oh, it's just a joke, mate. Chill out, right? just a joke. Anyway, start scrapping. Wow. <laughs> Jimmy's like, it's like trying to, Johnny's going mad, swinging, 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 right? And um, he's gone back in Africa. We don't stop till you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and literally five boys about to drag him off him. And I was just there thinking, What's going on here? Like, it was, it was Amazing, man. Can be a hard fight now. Nah, no shots. Amazing, man. What did Roy Hodgson there? Is he the manager? Yeah, Roy was the... So it was... Was it Roy? Yeah, yeah. Roy Hodgson was the manager at a point, yeah. Was it true that the young boys had to take shots walk, uh, helping them across the road? <laughs> that was the goalie coach that had to help me. <laughs> what was Hodgson like? Not Did you get a lot of... Did you get a lot of dealings with Roy Hodgson? Yeah, he was nice. Sound guy, to be fair. Really polite. Um, but again, he had that, like... He had that, he had that like, switch in him. Do you know what I mean? So he'd be calm, nice. Everyone got on with him. But if something went wrong... I remember we... We... Um, I can't remember. We played a game. First team lost. It was an important game. I can't remember who it was against. And we lost. So then the boys, obviously, that weren't in the squad... We got a session the day after the game. So there's a few boys smiling and that laughing. And he goes, what are you smiling about? And we were just like, no, nothing. Like, he's like, there's nothing funny. Today we're not smiling. Like, we just lost. You think this is a joke? And then we were just like, obviously nervous. You know I mean, you're young boys in that. He's like, if you think the first team are bad, you, you lot can't even get in front of them. How bad must you be? <laughs> and we were just doing it like, oh. Mate, that's the worst thing when you're a young boy, man. Anytime they lost, you used to get the stick. You used to get hammered the next day. Just take it out on you. But no, he was a top, top manager. So why did you leave to go to Crystal Palace and why did you not stay at Fulham? So I was in the last year of my deal. Um, We had three first teams. There was Pascal Zubabula. Schwarzer was still there. We had David Stockdale, who was playing the majority of the reserve games at the time. And then below me, below them, there was me, Neil Etheridge and Marcus Bettinelli. So we were all in a similar age group. So I sat down with the goalie coach and he said to me, listen, like next season, if you stay, you're going to be sharing the reserve games with Neil. It's not ideal, but we'll give you the chance to just go and play if, you, if that's what you want to go and do. So I just took that up and just said, yeah, I'll you know, try my luck. Just go out there and see what I can get. And Palace came in. Who had been the young boys at Palace at that time? Was Zaha that... Did they summarize just you? Yeah. Well, Zara was a year, year or two younger, but he was, he was in the first team. He was already tearing up at that point. Was he ridiculous, was it, huh? A joke, mate. Honestly, what, a what, joke. Was he, like a man, was he like a man when he was a kid? No, no, not at all. He, 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 was, he still looked like a boy. He was a boy, and he, he looked like a boy. He was just, you know, one of them players that they'll go on a dribble and everything ricochets to them. Yeah. That was him to a T. Everything ricocheted to him. So going a dribble, hit someone's leg, someone's knee, bounced straight back to him. But he was just natural ability, unbelievable. What kind of guy is he? He's a typical London boy, really. 
Same, yeah. just typical London boy, laid back, just chilled. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, you went to Bromley on loan. You've been there with Fulham as well. Uh, yeah. Was that your decision? I think that's great for you as a young kid. Going so I went, yeah. So I got told, again, at that point I was sharing, I was playing, sometimes I was playing a year down in the 18s and my last year at Fulham, I was playing some of the reserve games and the goalie coach said to me, listen, we've got an opportunity for you to go out and loan at Bromley. So I said, all right, sound, I'll go, no problem. So um, spent, I think it was the rest of that season there. And honestly, it was the best thing I could have done at the time. Why? And what was so good about it? Just, just that you're playing competitive games that mean something. You're playing in men's football, boys that have played at a decent level that maybe dropped down, good young players that are maybe trying to find their way back into professional game. Um, and the games were just competitive. You know, boys were trying to get promoted, trying to get back up leagues and stuff, get moves and... It was just it was just a lot better than playing youth team or reserve football. How do teammates at that level take a young kid who's coming for the Premier League on loan? Can they be quite tough on you? Yeah, to be fair, they were all right with me because obviously I went to Bromley, so that was their catchment area. They had quite a few boys that were from London, so friends of friends. I knew quite a few boys there. Some boys that used to be at Fulham were there, so I integrated with that group quite well. But sometimes at that level, you do get some boys that are like that. Like, who's this prick thinking is we're all at the same level now do you know what I mean so and, and they had that sort of mentality I remember playing so we went to I think it was Dover was it Dover? yeah so we went to Dover so we played there and um, this was my first like realisation that this isn't this isn't like professional football <laughs> so I've got in so we played so they've got a penalty and um, I think we would like 2-0 up at the time Giza scored and then, you know, when goalies do that stupid thing where they score and they try to pick up the ball and hold it. I don't know why. I did that. So I've picked up the ball trying to like delay time and that. And big strikers just come over, big arm, whoom, over my back. And I'm like this trying to hold the ball. And he's just like, bam, knocked the ball out my arm. And he's gone, you do that again. I'll, I can't even swear on here, but he goes, you do that again, I'll fucking open you up like a tin of beans. <laughs> and I was just there like, sound mate. No worries, just take the ball. You know what I mean? It's not that deep. <laughs> and I think he's going to be waiting with a shank in the changing rooms after this, like so. Brilliant. See, when you look back to it, is that was that like a, a proper good grounding for you to go out on one, like just for young kids that are maybe watching as goalkeepers? Like, would you recommend that? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think the best thing you can do as a young goalkeeper is to get out there and play the games. So when I left Fulham, I even when I went to, I had nothing, by the way. So I left Fulham and. No team was taking me. Like, no, even, Palace came along late. I'll tell you the story how I come, come along to Palace. But so I left Fulham. And I'm thinking, well, at the time, I've literally just been playing for England under 19s. So I'm thinking, oh, sound, I'll just, you know, get another team. My club, work hard, do what I've got to do. So I'm on the phone to my agent and he's like, we're struggling here. And I was like, what do you mean you're struggling? He was like, we're struggling. He was like, you're in that kind of bracket where, Clubs don't think you're ready to go in and play league football. So you're going to be going in somewhere. Hopefully, a club in the championship might take you as a number three or something. But these league one, league two clubs, they're not going to sign you as their number one. So I was just there thinking, oh, Christ. Like, so I obviously went on loan to Bromley, played the season there at Bromley. So I'm thinking, I might actually be signing for Bromley here wow. at this point. So I've... Um, I get a phone call from Aiden. He says, I want you to go on this goalkeeper course. I'm thinking, goalkeeper course? Like, no way. 
Mate, goalkeeper course. It's a goalkeeper course, right? Well, so yeah, well, you, you pay for it. You have to pay money for the goal. Pay for it, mate. You pay for it. You pay for it. Imagine that. I've just been putting on an England shirt, right? <laughs> the full past season. season just gone full year, and I'm going to a goalkeeper course. I'm thinking, it's talk about realisation, coming to realise exactly where you're at. I had that moment, and I was like, wow, what's happening here? So I've gone to this course, right? So he's paid for it. He's gone, I'll pay for it. We'll cover it. So I've gone, all right, sound. Gone to this course. And to be fair, it's like, there was a lot of pro goalkeepers there. So Julian Sproni, like was there, Lewis Price, uh, Lenny Pidgeley. So there's a lot of League One, League Two goalkeepers there. Championship goalkeepers, but it was more, they don't pay. That was just like a, it was a week or two before pre-season and it's what they do to get, right. to go back to pre-season. Mm-hmm. But then they have the Joeys that turn up and like pay. <laughs> So there was a group of us boys that were like paid to come to this course and they put you in different groups. Right. So I'm in there. So I'm thinking, all right, sound, I'll probably get put in like one of these groups. Um, I get there and I get put in a Joey group. <laughs> so I'm with like geezers that, geezers, that have, geezers that have come from like Bosnia, Croatia, <laughs> Like Russia, like these guys that are just paying to get on this course. So I'm, they, and when I tell you, they can't even catch the ball. Like they, they never played in goal. So I'm saying to the guy that's running this course, I'm saying, you, un-, I, I said, I'm, I'm a professional level goalkeeper. Like you got me in the wrong group. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we know, we'll change the groups around, we'll change the groups around, just like stick at it, just stick at it. So I'm just there thinking, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. So I've called my agent. I said, I'm coming home. I said, what's what's the point in me being it? So anyway, go to bed that night, wake up. Guy runs a course, calls me in, he says, come in. He's gone, all right, obviously I've been watching. He's like, obviously you're better than that standard. We'll put you in, not a top group, but the group just down from there. So I'm in with like the League One, League Two goalkeepers. And then um, we get a bit of water. That's how they met. Then he's, um, he's like, right, so... We're going to do this drill. So he used to buzz off Yaskalainen. He was like the Bolton goalkeeper coach. It was run by the Palace goalie coach and run by the Bolton goalkeeper coach. So he's like, he used to buzz off using Yaskalainen. He's like, he's got this drill in it. So it's like, you go around his cones, you dive, you get up and it's like a set, like kind of like a salt course mini drill thing, right? Yeah. And he's like, this record is 10 years old. Nobody's beat it. We've been doing this goalkeeper course for 10 years. So he's gone, who wants to have a go? So I've gone. Sound I'll have a go. Yes, so I've gone done it. Beat his, beat his time. And he was raging, like fuming. It was like proper old school, wasn't he? He was fuming that I'd beat it. Like, so the, the rest of that week, he just batted me. Every time there was a demo, Wes, come and do the demo. Wes, come and do the demo. Wes, come and do the demo. So I, I like grazes up my sides, everything battered. Right? End of the week comes, <clears throat> the Palace goalie coach comes to me and says, listen, like, I think you've done really well. Um, I want to come take you to Palace. And that's pretty oh. much how, that's how I got to Palace. If I didn't go to that coach, that, that, that course, I'd have been playing for Bromley, mate. Right, what you mean? right now where the career really starts. <clears throat> Proper club on loan. Came to Swindon, mate. How did that come about? Who was, was it? The Canio's agent, Phil Spencer? Phil Spencer, mate, yeah. So, when he uh, up. so my agent, I don't know how my agent knew him, but my agent like knew Phil somehow. Like, I'm not sure how. So he calls me, he says, and this is his words, not mine. He says, the goalies have been having a, a Ronson. 
he said, I can't remember how, how many like games went into the season. Um, but he's like, the goalies are having a Ronson. They don't want to take you on loan, but they want you to come on trial for a loan. So I, remember I, like, being, I remember you how did you came in a train first, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, they want they, they want to see if you're you're any good. So I was like, all right, like no problem. I'll go down, similar to the the course thing. I was like, just see, show what I can do. Fingers crossed. So I've gone down. Um, first, literally the first day. Do you remember Ahmed Abdullah? Ahmed, uh, we met yeah. a decent player. Yeah. Good player. So yeah. him. I think I've ended his career, by the way. So, <laughs> so we're doing a um, crossing and finishing drill. So I'm thinking, League One, League Two, got to be strong. Like, got to come out. Ball comes in the box, like, nail anyone, right? So yeah. crossers come in. Ahmed's like, come in to try and like get there, and I've just come out, bang, ironed him out. Gave him a dead leg. So he's got like this massive bleed in his leg. He was out for like eight weeks. Wow. From there, it just went down here for him. I felt like we're good friends. Now. I felt so good. But literally, that took like just literally, I was trying so hard to impress. Um, but those, I think it was maybe a week or two, I'd done the training. And then I sat down with the gaffer and he was like, Listen, we want you to come on loan. We've got a game on Saturday and I want you to play. What was, uh, what was the first time you kind of seen him crack? Can you remember? The first time you kind of thought, Wow. Oh, mate. <laughs> Mehdi Karouche. <laughs> he was a mad man. What, mate? I'm still in contact with him now, mate. What a guy! I don't know how. I don't know how, mate. But we still speak. Uh, honestly, he's what a guy, man. He used to yeah. call him till Benzema, didn't he? Ah, uh, mate. He was a decent player. To be fair to him, Good he was player. a decent. Paolo hated him. <laughs> hated him. Him and Etienne, and obviously, you know, Etienne and, and Mehdi were close friends. Like so, they two just used to wind gaffer up man and he used to just he just hammer them hammer the boys like he'd make them run can't train with the ball don't touch a ball and yeah he just used to get up and under their skin mate and I remember we when we won the league and um, Paolo was like to Medi you're not coming on the pitch <laughs> you, his finger used to wag like this you're not coming on the pitch and then Medi was like yeah Watch me, I'm coming on that pitch. He's like, Etienne, don't worry. We come out the stand and we hold the trophy in his face. <laughs> and he's come down with the trophy, mate. And he's running past Paolo like this, like, yeah. And you can see Paolo's face, mate. He's fuming. He's raging, man. Oh, <laughs> mate, that was so good, that. Ah, uh, but you're running around in your sloggies, six pack out and that. And the boys are just running around with a trophy. And Paolo's just raging, man. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, it was a good dressing room, Matthew, wasn't it? Like, we, we would be out most Saturday nights, wouldn't we? How good was the spot? Oh, it was decent. Oh, it was decent. What was the place um, opposite Baker Street? Uh, um, oh, I should go this. It's uh, Mackenzie's was there, and then there was... Um, There's Mackenzie's... Old bank, the, the old bank, old mate. Bank. Old bank. That was the one. Old Tremendous. bank. Mate, how, like, like, see, when we'd go on a Saturday night, we'd obviously be in on a Sunday, man. I used to be para on a Sunday that he would <laughs> my breath, man. Did you? Boys had like little pouches of Listerine and that, like that, man. Superb. Honestly. <laughs> Wait, did that not bother you? The one in every single day, did, that not, did you not mind that? Say what, sorry? Did it not bother you that we were in seven days a week? Not really, to be honest. Nah. Not really. do, you know what it, do you know what it was? I remember, right? Obviously, we had that, you know, rarely had days off. Then it got to a point where we started counting them. I don't know if you remember. 
So we started counting the days we were in without a day off. Because obviously we had the, we have like FA Cup run, a decent yeah. FA Cup run, decent League Cup run. We had the paint, Johnson's Paint Trophy, so obviously league games. So we were playing midweek, weekend, midweek, midweek, weekend. And then before you knew it, I'm sure we got to like 64 days without Wait, a day I was going to say 63 days, so I, I remember it, that. It was something crazy like that. That's mental. It was, it was mental. But do you know what the thing is? Somehow it works because we just kept winning. And the worst thing about it was, right, so we would win, 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 win. We'd lose a game. Remember when we lost to, who did we lose to? It, was, it, it wasn't even a team in our league, mate. No, Macclesfield in the FA Cup it was. Oh, yeah, it was. Macclesfield in the FA Cup. So we've lost that, right? And he's, well, we got battered, by the way. It was like 4-0. Yeah. I think it was 3 0 yeah. there. Was it? Right, so he's gone next day in, six in the morning. Mm. So we're in six in the morning. We're watching, not clips, by the way, the full game. Watch the full game, 90 minutes, no commentary, yeah. by the way. Just like, not even the proper game, just like filmed on a like, camcorder yeah. thing. So we watch the full game. Then he's got the clips. Do you remember the folders he had? Mate, of course I do. Of course I do, man. Oh, uh, mate, that was that, honestly. That was the best part of best part of the season. Every day I look forward to after a game, you click on that folder and the drop down, it'd have everyone's name, bam, bam, from goalkeeper to boys that come on, right? And you knew if you had more than six clips in your folder, you were getting absolutely hammered. And there was a few boys, little uh mate, runes. Runes had about <laughs> 10 clips every week. <laughs> what can it? Oh, mate, Luke Rooney had about 10. He had about 10 clips every week. Him and Andy Williams, man. Mate, I'm sure he called uh, Luke Rooney a fat little loser once. Mate, do you know what it was? This was the be- this is one of the best moments, right? <laughs> so he's gone. Gaffer's like, most of you boys, you don't know what hard work is. You don't know what hard work is. So he's talking about hard work, waking up early in the morning and that. And he's like, Ruins, you don't know what hard work is. And he stood up. I think he just had enough at this point, right? He had enough of Paolo. So he was like, nah, nah, I'm standing up for myself here. So he stood up and he goes, what do you mean? What do you, and he talks talk like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I know about hard work. What do you mean? Like, I know about hard work. <laughs> so he's gone, I used to be a brickie. I used to get up at five in the morning laying bricks. Don't affect me, mate. It don't affect me. And then Paolo's just there like this. <sighs> yeah, but you shit. <laughs> He said, yeah, maybe, but you're shit. And Rune just sat down like, oh, man. Oh, was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Rune said back to him, yeah, yeah, all right, I'm shit at football. Like, you're better than me at football. But, yeah, I've, got yeah. more, but I've got more mates than you. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> Oh, mate, superb. <laughs> Whereas I'm sure that was a Monday, right? And I'm sure I was out with Rune's on the Sunday. Yeah. And he knew that the canny was going to batter him on the Monday. And he, I'm sure he says that he was going to use some, remember John Sutton? That famous, yeah. I, I'm sure Rin says, I'm going to use a couple of quotes for that to the canoe of the morning, mate. And he did. I'm sure he said something like, do you, do you hear what I'm saying or not to the canoe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, Andy Williams as well used to get hammered, didn't he? Oh, mate, he said, to, I remember in a meeting, he said to Andy Williams, he said, if you weren't such a nice guy, I'd punch you in the face every Saturday. Because <laughs> 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 literally, he was, to be fair, Andy scored quite a few goals for us, didn't he? He was decent. Yeah. Scored a few, but he'd miss a load of chances. 
So one week when he wouldn't score, he'd, he'd miss a few. He'd come in more than 10 clips every week. He'd have more than 10 <laughs> clips. And he'd hammer him every clip. He'd just go through saying how, how shit he was. And he was just, and at the end of it, he'd say, if you weren't such a nice guy, I'd punch you in the face every Saturday. <laughs> Mate, I remember once, right? I just came to there when you said that. Andy Williams, he had like five clips in a row where Mr. Sitter, Mr. Sitter. So the first one would come up, he'd miss. The canny would go that, donkey, next clip, miss, donkey, next clip, donkey. <laughs> oh, man, he used to absolutely have room. And you're Do you remember, that's way. what I meant to ask you, because I can see the clips. Did he used to, like, comment on goalkeeping to you? Because I can't really remember. The only time, the only time he did it um, was we played Oxford. And to be fair, we were doing, so I didn't have that many clips because that season we were li literally keeping clean sheets every other week. So I, was, I had a couple of things to do, didn't have that much. So there was not a lot wrong I could have really done. So I didn't have that many clips. Maybe I kicked the ball out, I played, put it up there and never really commented too much on it. But we played Oxford, right? And I think we lost. And I was used to seeing maybe two or three clips on my board and he's gone, bam, I've seen about eight clips. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, oh no. I knew he was going to come for me because I made a mistake for one of the goals. So he's gone, ah, yes. <laughs> play. So press play now. <clears throat> and then there's me. I've come for one cross, not got there. And he's just making sound effects. He's just like, ah. <laughs> It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> I've shanked a couple out of play, like, and he's just going, what chance? What chance? What chance? It's not possible. You want that. They, so the goals come, right? The goals come. They've whipped across him. And you know, it's one of them awkward ones. It's quite low. Like, you've got to come give it to Superman if you're getting there. And I've kind of just come and just spread and, and I'm in like no man's land. And they've got their head on it and scored. And he's gone, ah, pause. Boom. Paused it. He's gone, fucking Sabutio goalkeeper. <laughs> He called me a Sabutio goalkeeper, mate. I was just there like, ah, oh, no. Going, How can we win when we have a fucking Sabutio goalkeeper? I said, and, I just, uh, like, oh, and I'm trying not to laugh, by the way. I've got my bottle, I'm shaking my, like this behind it, like, trying to not laugh because it's hilarious. Mate, and, that um, was the hardest part. See, trying not to laugh. You were, all, you, you were a bit scared, but at the same time, you're desperate to laugh, man. A couple of times he caught me laughing and he's like, where's not laughing? Don't laugh. But to be fair, he liked me. So he, I got off quite lightly, apart from getting dragged. I got off quite lightly with him. Uh -huh. I, I never really got hammered in the clubs either, mate. I, that's why I used to enjoy, I used to look forward to him as well because I knew that everyone else was getting hammered, man. Oh, so he, he, he kind of divided that group, didn't he? He had the boys that he liked and the boys he didn't like, you didn't touch a ball for like seven months, mate. You weren't like, I'm sure some of the stuff he did weren't even legal. Uh, I, don't even think, I don't even think they got fed. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Right, mate, the first kind of running with the Canio. I've told the story, right, but I think you've got a better memory than me. So we went on the Saturday. We're ga basically guaranteed that we're up. Yeah. He tells us so, doesn't he, after the game? Do you know, is it the one his mum and dad, one, either his mum or dad died? Mom, and he I think it was his mum or dad, dad, dad. I want to say mum, but one of his parents had died, so he'd flown home and he'd said to us, don't go out. We've got a big game. It was older shot midweek, wasn't it? Tuesday, yeah. Don't go out. Whose so ship is it to go out? Probably yours, mate. <laughs> <coughs> probably yours. But there was, a, there, was a, there was a solid squad out. It was like, what, 10 of us maybe? Yeah. Something like that. 
Hey, so everyone was of e. I don't think we knew at the time, but Paolo must have been paying people off at the doors at these clubs and bars, yeah. and just said, "Listen, give me a call, and then my players turn up." So we've <clears throat> we've come back to trailing, and he's called a meeting, and obviously he's just walking up and down, and I'm like whispering to like Joe Devere, and I'm like, "Mate, he knows, he knows we were out," and um. He's gone, ah, somebody tells me uh, my players out, drank, drank, drank. He used to do that for the drink, drank, drank. The poison, drank the poison. Yeah, poison, this fucking English culture. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, so he knew boys had gone out. So I'm saying to the boys, there's no chance he knows specifically who's gone out. Don't say anything. Just deny, don't say anything. Just be quiet. Unless he says to you, I know you're right, don't say anything. <coughs> Boys are shitting, shitting themselves like, oh, nah, nah, I just got in the team. And, uh. Mate, Joe Devera, first, first one, right? He goes, <clears throat> who's out? A few boys put their hand up. There's about five boys that put their hand up. He's gone, okay, you boys, out. So Tuesday, those boys got dropped. Team goes up for the Tuesday against Oldershot. My name's on the list. So obviously, I, I went out. I think a few of the other boys' names are like. Um, I think Maka. Maka was Maka. Maka was out. He played, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And um, then next next day, like obviously, we lose the game. But in the paper, you comes, you it comes after, I, after that game, told me. Mate, horrific. So he's come in fuming like shouting saying boys have gone out he's like i know there's more boys that have gone out drinking he said to aiden he's like <laughs> flinty mate he had a beast he had a he, mate he had a ronson right so he's just like i don't know i don't know what happened to him that night mate, but he was terrible right so he's gone to him flinty flinty you're like bambi in the headlights you're like bambi your shit legs. <laughs> He's hammering him, right? So we've come in the dressing room and obviously we've lost. He's going mental. You know the little steel skips? Yeah. It goes on the little wheels, right? So he's, boom, he's volleyed the skip off. He's fell down. Do you remember him falling over? <laughs> he's fell over. Boys are like pissed, like pissed at him. Like, but he's going raging, right? So he's picked up the wheels. Right, bear in mind, this hits you in the head, it's killing you. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's knocking you straight dead. So he's just flung it. It's gone past some, I don't know whose head it was, but they've ducked, it's hit the wall. He's just gone mental, he's like, meeting tomorrow. Then he's asked boys again. He said, who's gone out? I'm just like, don't put your hand up. Like, just, just we're, we're too far gone now, just, <laughs> just don't put your... Boys are like this now. So I'm left, I'm not the only one, or there's maybe me and somebody else that haven't said anything. And I'm like, if he knows we've been out here, we're in trouble. We may as well just put our hand up. Like, so we've just got like this. And he's gone, right, you boys, out. So we had Gillingham the week after. And that was the game. You got promoted? We got promoted. So I actually sat that game up. Mate, did you not sit in the stand? You wouldn't even let you come on the bench. Did you not sit nah, in the go over sat the sat stand? Sat in the stand, mate. Sat in the stand. I sat, and do, you know was, do you know what was horrible about that game? I didn't even think anything about it, right? So I've sat in the stand. And obviously, smudged Phil Smith's in goal, right? <coughs> and I think we actually lost that game or drew, but we still no, won. We've got to beat, beat me. Yeah, so Phil's had a beast for a goal, right? 
and they're at the back, like, singing my name, like, and I'm just sat there, and I think, uh, Smudge was a nice guy, right? So I'm just sat there thinking, this is horrible, mate. This is awkward. If this was him behind my goal, like, I'd be raging, like, so I was like, let me just get up and get off, right? So obviously, we've, we've lost. Somebody else in the league must have lost as well, because we've, we've got promoted. Yeah. Cameras are coming round at Paolo. So cameras are like this. Paolo's just, like, knocking these cameras out of the way, because he's raging that we've lost, right? Knocking these cameras out. So I've got, um, I've just thought, oh, I'm just going to get off here. So I've got in my car, driving to go home. Obviously, Swindon fans going mental. That <clears one. throat> I get into a, like a pub on the corner. Someone's noticed my car. So Giza's jumped in front of my car. He's banging on my, banging on my, on my bonnet, just like singing Swindon songs. Next minute, man, there's about 300 people around my car, just slapping the shit out of my car. I'm like this, stop. Stop, stop. <laughs> and I'm literally trying to drive through, but oh, man, I was fuming that day, to be fair, because I wanted to be part of that celebration, obviously, but I understand, like, listen, boys, boys didn't play the week before because they confessed, so it's one of them. <laughs> mate, my funny memory for that Gillingham game, obviously I got dropped for the older shot game because you know I was out, and then I played the Gillingham one. Yeah. And I always remember, we're getting beat like 2-0, mate, right? And uh, I think it was me and Mark I kept laughing about, we kept seeing you behind the goal, mate. <laughs> like, he was fuming on the side and you were fuming that we were getting beat but mate, every time I see my turn in the goal I just see you sitting on your phone man I, I just couldn't start laughing during the game <laughs> so to start it right we played Stoke on Tuesday night wasn't it we won 4-3 yeah. I was on the bench that game mate right and he was caning you at the side I thought you were at fault for a couple of goals but I think he said to Fab like the team's done well so I'm not going to say it in the dressing room yeah did he say anything to you individually after that game, like the couple of days after? Like, <laughs> made a couple of mistakes on Tuesday. Not really, you know. I think he was just happy that we won the game. I didn't, I didn't have a good game at all. Mm. But it wasn't. I didn't have howlers. It wasn't howlers. There was one cross has come in. Um, I've tried to come out and punch it. Kenwin Jones has just swallowed me whole. Just come through and just bam. <laughs> just put me in the net. Goal. All right, sound. I think the second goal, it was. It was saveable. One of them ones, saveable. Didn't save it. Third one, Peter Crouch has scored a header from six yards. Like good luck trying to get above him. Yeah. But um, I, and I was like glued to my line. I probably should have come. To be your, to be your yeah, again. To be goalkeeper. So um, yeah, by all means, the team performed really well, and I was probably the only one on that day that had a bad game. But he said to me, he was just like one of them. Not good enough. Next game be better. That was it. It was no. It wasn't really a um, a problem. So see, after a game like that for a goalie, and you know that it's the Canio who is going to get on your back, and you have two bad games in a row. Were you a wee bit nervous going into the Preston game, or do you not get like that at all? I felt as if I had enough credit in the bank with him from yeah, my performances. So I played bad. So I never felt under pressure in that sense. And this is this is what I say to everyone about this story. It's, it's so weird because. Sometimes you have a good warm-up, you have a bad warm-up. That day, right, at Preston, is the best I've ever felt in a warm-up. I was unbelievable. Mate, it's the best I felt. Like, I felt, I felt great. Like, energy-wise, I was like, I feel good. Like, I'm doing, obviously, my kicking and that, spot on, cross it, everything, handling. I felt brilliant. It's the best I felt in a warm-up. And it turned into the worst day ever, mate. <laughs> and it was just so, like... Walk us through the game, like, when's your first mistake? So, good <clears throat> mistakes. I think the goal was my first mistake. 
Yeah, so what happened to the goalkeeper? No, he didn't take me off straight after the straight after the mistake for the goal. So I took took you through the goal. So I, the ball's come down the outside of the box, um, kind of in the corner flag. I don't know if it was a back pass or whatever, and I've run out. Obviously, it's on my weak side, on my right foot. Took a touch, kicked it, a decent kick on it, but mate, your boy's charging me down. He's jumped, it's hit off his back. Spun to the edge of the box. I'm sprinting back to my goal. I've got back there, by the way. I'm set. I'm in a position. And he's just hit a half volley, zinged it, bottom bins. If I was in goal, if I was already in the goal, I wouldn't have saved it. One of them ones. But the fact that I cleared it off him, it was a mistake. So I'm just like, Christ, man. Do you have to have one, Wes? Can you see him on the side shouting at you? Oh, you looked over straight away. So after it happened, I looked over and he's just there like, <laughs> like that. Do you know what I mean? Arms and that. And I'm just thinking, oh. Not great. So, the second goal now. So, I'm thinking, any time I make a mistake, like, I, I don't feel as if, oh no, go into my shell, like, don't do anything. Like, I, I try and just do, I do the basics well. I get back to doing the basics and I just make decisions. So, if I'm making a decision, bam, I, I make the decision. I don't change my mind. If it's the right decision, perfect. If it's the wrong decision, then so be it. So, <clears throat> um, the second goal now, it was cross from out, left. And, and it was like a, I think it might have been a head or a flip around the corner, bottom, bottom bins, nothing I could have done about it. Then this is the point where he dragged me, right? A cross has come in. I've come up. I thought, let's be positive. And cross come in, come out, took it, lovely. Got the ball, I'm thinking, right, counter attack. Zing it, yeah. Up on zing, out to, who was it on the left? Can't remember who it was. But you know when a wide man gives you this one, wants the ball, doesn't really want the ball. <laughs> so he's so he, he looked at me, yeah, gone to throw it. Then he's looked away, I've thrown it, mate, your boys come in, nicked it. They've gone down the side, like basically countered our counter. Uh -huh. And I think he'd just seen enough from there, mate. I just see it. I, even up to that point, I could see Bedders warming up. Down but the see, but, see, because Bedders was a kid, sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to listen because I was on the bench with Bedders. And when yeah. he sent him to warm up, I thought, he's just fucking my ways here. He's not actually going to play. Well. Did you think the same I thought, I thought, I saw him warming up and I was obviously hadn't played any, he hadn't played any games at this yeah. point. So I was thinking, he's trying to get in my head here. Like, I could see Ben is giving it like, that kind of touchline. I'm just like, nah, he, he's not, he can't drag me off here. Like, surely it's 21 minutes gone. Made a mistake, like, to be fair, probably... A handful of mistakes I've made in you know by that point I've played you know a season and season and a bit yeah. thinking nah, I'll be all right nah he's at the side like this mate the most flexible wrist in football by the way he's like ah, I can't even do it mate his, his fingers touching his forearm mate he's just and at that point <clears throat> mate I'll be honest I just lost it what, what were you thinking like fuck him oh mate I was just I was I was so I'm coming off right the I can't even remember. It was all a blur because I'm literally coming off and the, and the red mist is... I'm, few, I'm, I'm more angry at the fact that... I, my age, for one, right? So I'm 20, 20 21, maybe? 21, So I'm thinking, goalkeepers in general make mistakes. That's just, that's just the life of a goalkeeper. But a goalkeeper at that age is more prone to making errors. It's one, it's one of those things. When you, put, when, you, when you have a young goalkeeper in goal, you need to accept at some point they're going to make some big howlers. 
and that was one for me on that day. And I just felt that I performed so well for him up until that point, like even the season before, that I deserved a little bit more respect and to be dragged after 21 minutes. And that was where that anger came from. Yeah. And I'm literally storming off. He's like, get on the bench. And I'm effing and blinding. I'm, 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 complete, I'm risking it all at this point. I'm gone. Like, the head is completely gone, mate. I'm storming down. I've shanked a water bottle trying to boot it on the pitch. I'm like marching down the touchline. I've literally gone down the tunnel. I've turned round and I've called him a see you next Tuesday. I'm, I'm, I'm effing up, mate. I'm going off my nut. Preston fans are there like, wee! And I'm just, honestly, uh, it was such a surreal moment. And I've gone down the tunnel. I'm like, man, I was gone. Like, head was good. I'm knocking stuff off the walls. Like, I'm completely gone, mate. I'm in the dressing room. Who's come in? Fab, Fab's come in. And his breaths, he's come in, right? All up in my... <laughs> he's come in, right? And he's like grabbing me by the face. Was he? Like, calm down, calm down. Like, and I'm just like, I'm grabbing it back in his face. Like, get off me, get off me. Like, I'm fine, get off me. And he's like, you need to calm down before Paolo comes in here. And I'm just shouting like, fuck Paolo, fuck Paolo. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gone, mate. I'm on the fire. So I call my mate, right? I'm in the dressing room. I call my mate. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing calling me? Like, should you be playing? And I'm like, turn on Sky Sports, turn on Sky Sports. And he's flicked it on and he's like, he's pissing himself down the phone laughing. Like, he's like, oh my God, what's happened? And I'm like, he's fucking dragged me. He dragged me at 21 minutes. <laughs> and oh, mate, it was just, uh, it was, um, it was, it was but crazy. Did, did, did Dominico then run down and tell you you better get a train before Pal, or did you just decide to leave? No, so this is what happened, right? There's a little bit of confusion here and what happened on the train situation. So he's come in and I said I was getting a train. Because I was like, I'm not getting back on that bus like with the boys. And he's like, no, come back on the bus. Come back on the bus, it's okay. And I was like, nah, I'll, get my, I'll find my own way home. I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm, I'm not getting on that bus. And um, <clears throat> obviously at this point, it, Paolo's saying to you boys, if I see Wes on that bus, I'm gonna like empty him out and all this. Like, <laughs> and I end up getting on the bus and I sat at the back of the bus. He's at the front of the bus. And obviously we've got the screens on in, it, in, the, in, the, in the bus and it's come on. And at this point, I've not seen his interview. I've just, all, 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 I'm, all I know is that I've been dragged and it's an embarrassing situation for me. That's all I know. And I can see him going mental and he's like, League One, League One West. Are we crazy? He was going, mate, he was just hammering me. He was basically calling me shit saying, the only reason you're playing professional football is because I gave you a chance. <laughs> and I was just at the back of the bus like, I can't believe what he's saying here. But to, to be fair, he was one of them guys, right? If I'd just come off that pitch and sat in that dugout, he wouldn't have said all those things. Mm. But because I come off that pitch, went mental, effing and blinding at him, it kind of, he took offence to that, like... Yeah you're not standing up to me sort of thing. So he just went even harder, mate, and just absolutely but obliterated me, by the way. Mate, I can I can, I can remember you being on the bus. Were you on, so you were on the bus? Yeah, I was on the back of the bus, mate, <laughs> hiding. Were we, all laughing, were we all laughing or was everyone quite serious? Yeah, you're pissing yourself, mate. <laughs> everyone was like, obviously not too loud so we could hear, but boys were just, because obviously there's, there's a screen at the back of the bus, there's one there <laughs> at the front. So if it, sound was on as well. Uh, I'm thinking, surely... Surely driver's going to turn this off, like, 
and he's just going ape shit like but, and I'm just sat there. I'm still fuming that literally this I know now that this is one of them moments that you're never gonna live down. Did you think you were done at Swindon, Jig? That's me done. Yeah. And then yeah. when do you next speak to him then? Obviously you don't speak to him on the bus. So it was it was literally so at that point I was thinking don't know what's happening here, like I, I I'm gonna be gone. Like there's no way he's gonna take me back in the team after doing that to him. So I was like, spoke to my agent. He said, listen, obviously I had a little bit of interest at that, at that point. I was playing well. <clears throat> he said, well, given this situation, we might be able to get you out for like a reduced fee. So just keep your head down, just train, do whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. Gone in the next day, he's like, come in my office. So I've gone in his office sat down and he's smiling at me. He's smiling at me. I'm fuming by the way. I am you absolutely fuming because I've had like hundreds of messages. My Twitter's full up with lead one ways. Uh, it's embarrassing. Like I'm, I've, I've been completely, not even, not even nationwide by the way. Like it, it was bigger than I was embarrassed. Right. So, I'm there fuming and he's smiling. He's like, oh, Wes, you know, we have a good relationship. Uh, some of the stuff I said get, got lost in translation. I'm like, Paolo, no, it didn't. No, it didn't, Paolo. I was listening. It didn't. You said everything there and you meant it. He was like, I know sometimes I lose my temper. Um, you challenge me. You challenge me, he said. Like, you can't challenge me like this. And he said, but uh, I'm willing to, you know, let this go past but you need to apologize. And then I said, I was like, well, apologize for what? And he said, you don't need to apologize to me because you embarrass me, I embarrass you, but you need to apologize for your, to, to your teammates. So that's when I come in <clears throat> to, the, to the little shitty canteen thing. And I've gone, um, boys like, you know, obviously I'm raging like, but my actions, you know, you just can't do that. So I apologize. And then he makes a joke out of it. He goes, ah, you shit your pants. <laughs> but he was saying to me, and he was saying to me, in the, he was saying to me in the office, he was like, oh, you know, the board want you to play. Fans want you to play. I want you to play, but this is, you challenged me up. So just apologize. And when, uh, I think it was midweek, we had a game midweek, you play. And after that, it was fine. It was fine. You were never gonna. You was you had you had to play because it was only Benders that you had done it, and like you were one of the best players. You know what I mean? Benders at the time hadn't played any football. It'd have been unfair to just whack him in. Yeah. So maybe if there's someone else, I might have took a period out, maybe. But um, yeah, he put me straight back in. So. What a man! Uh, any other mental things, mate? Or is that us, the Canio? You remember? Oh man! <laughs> oh, what about when he? What about when? Matt Ritchie left. That was funny, oh, When Matt Ritchie left, right, I think things started to go sour between him and the board for whatever reason. I think there was, they were trying to cut back on the money, people getting like six grand a week in League Two, like just weren't sustainable. So we had like, didn't we have like two or three boys that were just not even in the squad getting six grand a week? And I was just thinking... Like, like Lucas McGuire, I want six grand a week. You used to pay for my drink every weekend, mate. You can't get a game, mate, and you're on that triple what I'm on. I'm thinking, what's happening here? <laughs> and then, um, so 
obviously Matt Ritchie rumoured that he was going to go to Bournemouth or whatever. And I think the board sanctioned the sale without telling Paolo. Yeah. And he was fuming. He was, he was raging. So then I think that was what spurred him on to leave. So he come in the next day and he, he, he was like quite paranoid, Paolo. Like he always felt someone was watching him or out to get him. So he was, he was telling us the story, right, of how... I forgot <laughs> he that. Saying, he was saying, <sighs> he's walking up and down. He's like, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. And we're just thinking, what? Who's coming for you? Like, he's like, they're coming for me. He's like, last night I opened my door, midnight. I stand there naked with the knife. <laughs> he said he stood naked with a knife at his front door for two hours because he thought the board were coming for him, mate. <laughs> you come to one Ransbury Square? Is yeah, what? That's the square. <laughs> oh, man. And I was just there. Oh, man, I was pissing myself. I, like you do, you try and hide your face, like laughing, but he was being deadly serious, mate. He had his door open at 12. Um, <laughs> Right, just before the start, like, for all this funny and that, he was a top manager, man. I loved him, man. I thought he was oh, brilliant. Superb, mate. I think, obviously, he didn't adapt well. So whenever he went in somewhere, it was his way or the highway. And I think when he went up the pyramid a little bit, you're dealing with bigger players, bigger egos. So you try and tell somebody at Sunderland on 50 grand a week that they can't have ketchup or ice in their drink, they're going to say, good one, mate. Do you know what I mean? So I just think he struggled to get that message across. But in terms of his attention to detail, his coaching, he, I, I genuinely think he could have been a top, top manager. I mean, we'd have, we'd have won that league as well. Like, won league two the year before, Absolutely. no doubt about it. We'd have won league one that year if he'd stayed. Comfortably, yeah. I think we were top at the time as well. We were, cru we were cruising as well. So uh, there's no doubt we'd have back-to-back -back promotions then. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin McDonald comes in, mate. I thought Kevin McDonald was a great guy. But I always tell on the podcast, mate, do you remember the one thing you'd say in every team talk? You're all good players. It's about proving you're good players. <laughs> mate, every team talk was that. I couldn't believe it. But you know what? The, thing, the funniest thing about him, right? What a nice guy. In terms of his 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 ideas of playing, he wanted boys to express themselves. He wanted boys to, you know, get on the ball, pass it, move it, be skillful. Anytime anyone got the ball, all I heard from him on the side was, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he, anytime anyone got the ball, he just wanted them to go on a run. He just yeah, keep, running, keep going. Like, but um, no, he was- Yeah, he used to just run in there, guys, and he'd be like that. Brilliant, you're driving. <laughs> and I was like, I've just lost the ball. <laughs> but yeah, it was a strange, Different sort of transition from Paolo, like, but he was, yeah, he was a, he was a decent guy. And then we get beaten the playoffs to Brentford. Any chance you saving a penalty, lad, or what? Right. So let me go over this. Right. So we're in the game. We go to penalties. Literally, I've just made a world. I think Harry Forrester hit one top bin. Made yeah, a world. We go, we go. I get cramp. Right. Keeper getting cramp. So I've got cramp now. Both legs. <laughs> so I'm getting them stretched off. We play, obviously, I have extra time. We get to penalties and I'm hobbling, right? So I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm struggling here, like, but getting stretched off, having water, tablets, whatever. So speaking to the goalie coach, we get the analysis through from, obviously, the penalty takers. He's like, right, this person goes here, this person's been here. So I've literally followed the analysis, right? I thought, follow the numbers, see what happens. I've stood down the middle, 
right? I think for three of the penalties. Why? Because, because, it, because it says because it in the middle. three of them hit them down the middle the majority of the time. Not saved one. Got absolutely hammered. That just shows you, mate, sports science and that's all the shite, man. Just go on your feel, isn't it? Oh, mate, I should have just... It's one of them. You see, as a goalie and penalty shooter, you stand in the middle, someone puts you in the corner, you look like a twat. Mm. But I was... I was prepared. A lot of the time you'll think, oh, I'll just dive. But I was prepared to stand there and say, you know what? If you hit it down the middle, I'll save it. This is where you usually go, knowing that it won't look great if they score. Mm. And it turned out, it didn't look great. But it was, one of them. It was unfortunate. It was unfortunate because I think Flinty scored like a last minute header, though, to get us back into that, into that game. It was a roller coaster of a game. And yeah, it was a, a bitter pill to swallow to go out like that because I, I felt we deserved it. Right, I left Swindon after that, so I'm not interested in any other time after that. Uh, but was it all in your mind to leave after uh, 2015 when the contract came in? So, there was a change in the board. I think at that point I'd signed, I think, two new deals. So I was like, I think I was highest paid at the time along with Andy Williams. And we had a donkey. You and a donkey on the same money? We had a donkey, mate. We had a donkey on decent money. So, and they wanted to reduce the wage bill. So... I was in the last year of my deal. They said to me, listen, we love to keep you, but reality is we can't give you the same money that you're on. The only way we can do that is if we get promoted. If we get promoted, we can give you a better deal and you know, we'll be in a championship. Are you happy to stay? I said, you know, if we get promoted, I'm happy to stay. Um, so it was always, I, I was never, I never had that feeling that I want to get out of Swindon. I was desperate for us to go up and, and get into the championship because obviously the, the heartbreak the year before and I just felt that the way we were playing that season, the route we went down, we were playing some unbelievable football and we had some really, really talented players. We just missed a little bit of experience and on that day, we just, you know, we lost and, and it, was, it was one of them. I, I had no choice but to leave. Yeah. And then uh, you must have a few options, mate. Like, why Rangers? So initially, when I'd left... My agent was speaking to a few championship clubs. I had a few offers. Nothing really stood out to me. I had like this plan in my head of how I wanted my career to go. And I never really saw myself <clears throat> going to a club. Not that I, I didn't fancy the battle of trying to get a shirt. I just wanted to go in somewhere where... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I was the main man, and I could take my career that level, get the games under my belt, prove them and go again. Mm. And I spoke to a few, I spoke to Uwe Rosser on the phone at the time, like it was at, I think it was at Leeds, you know, he was saying, you know, we want you to, you know, maybe come into Leeds. Um, we had, they had an Italian keeper in at the time and I just felt as if that wasn't the right option for me. There was a couple other championship clubs I spoke on the phone to the managers and I just didn't feel as if they were the right move for me. So I thought, I'm prepared to wait. So I waited 
teams have gone back to pre-season now. Um, my agent calls me, he says, um, I've had Mark Warburton on the phone. Rangers want to sign you. So I said, yeah, I've never been to Scotland, never been to Glasgow. I'm thinking, Glasgow, like, I don't know, you know. I always saw myself going in to the championship, yeah. number one, go and play. I never, it never even crossed my mind to go anywhere else other than the championship. Down south, sorry. And um, <clears throat> he said, go up there for a couple of days, have a look around the place, see what you think. So I said, okay, sound. Obviously, I knew Rangers was a massive club, but yeah. I also knew they were in a championship in Scotland. And I also knew they, they didn't get promoted the year before. I was thinking, is there any guarantees? They're gonna, you know, I'm 24 at this point. I'm thinking there's a set amount of years for me to get to a level. I was like, I'm not sure. So I went up there. Place was unbelievable. I fell in love straight away. Literally. Well, the training ground in the, the ground? The training ground, ground the, stadium, looked at all the trophies, spoke to the manager, and everything he said he wanted in a team was everything that I wanted to be involved in. It was, similar, it was a similar style to what you were playing at Swindon yeah, the year before as well. Exactly. Did that yeah, help you as well, buy into that? Yeah, so it was pretty much the similar stuff. We said we want to play out from the back. And, you know, it's, it's almost identical to what you were doing um, at Swindon, although we play a different formation. It's, it's the same sort of setup. He's like, I, I want you to come and, and play for Rangers. So I literally packed a bag, went home, packed a bag, went back up the next day, and that was it. Signed. And, yeah, and that was it. That is crazy, like, going to a team like Swindon, mate, then when you see Rangers facilities, trophies have won, it must have oh, blown your mind then. Me. I did, I, obviously, I knew the size of the club, history of the club. I knew all of that, but I just, I'd never been, I never knew how good of a setup it was until I went there. So even like Fulham and Palace and that, Rangers blow that out of the water, huh? Miles better than Palace. Obviously, Palace has changed now, a Premier League side, but at the time, it was a championship side when I was there. Miles better than Palace. Miles better facilities. Um, Fulham, to be fair to them, had decent facilities as well. But again, I'd say Rangers' facilities were better, definitely. Did it help as well that Warburton obviously knew the, the English leagues and he was signing guys like Tavernier? Did that maybe sway your decision as well? Yeah, so most of those boys signed before me. So they were, you know, Danny Wilson, James Tavernier, Rob Keenan, uh, Martin Waghorn. You know, there was a few signings. And I looked and I thought, that's a, they're championship down south level players. Like, that's a good team. We're going to win that league. I was, you know, I was confident when I signed that we were going to win that league and we were going to go and kick on. Uh Whereas how quickly does it hit you, like the expectations of the fans? Obviously, when you first go up, you're not playing games. So yeah. every night, but when do you first realise like, how high the expectations are at Rangers? Is it the first game? The first game, when I conceded, we played Hibs and we battered them like 6-2 or something. I can't even remember what the score was. And, and, and at the point, it was us and Hibs who were like who's going to win the championship sort of thing at the start of the season it was you know who's going to go up who's going to win are we going to do it and the gaffer was saying to us you know we need to show we need to put a statement down and show that we are better than these and, and, and we're coming back sort of thing we're coming back up and um, we played and we absolutely battered them it was like 6-2 or something I can't remember and I'd let in a I'd let in a goal I should have saved not a glaring error, but something I should have done better with. Um, and I remember 
because obviously I've got Twitter, Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And I was getting hammered. I was getting, and I was like, but it wasn't just like, you know, when you're at Swindon, you're getting 10 messages, like uh, hundreds, hundreds. And I'm like, Christ, like expectation level. And to be fair, I've always wanted to be part of something big. I, I, I think if you're going to do anything in life, you want to go and do it to the best of your ability. You want to go as big and as hard as possible. You don't want to be just in your comfort zone. And I think moving to Rangers brought that out of me. And it was something that I thought at that point, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to come and show and prove that I'm good at this level. I can be better than this level. See, the Canio standards, does that help you? Like, maybe it helps you so much on the pitch, but like, none, none can prepare you for that criticism for that amount of fans. No, no. So obviously it was one of them. I had faced, I'd faced setbacks before. I'd faced criticism before. I'd faced embarrassment before. So anything I was going into there, although it wasn't as intense, it wasn't as 24-7, I'd faced it before. It wasn't something that I was new to. It wasn't something I was scared of. So I just felt, you know, it's the same with any goalkeeper. You can make mistakes. It's just about what you do the next week. Do those mistakes lead to more mistakes? Do they? Do you make a mistake midweek, make a mistake the next week, and, and all of a sudden go into a show and then fall out the side? Or do you come back and be stronger? And that's what I always try to do. Whenever I made a mistake, I try to get back on the horse, so to speak, and show mm, that's not going to affect me. I'll, I'll still put in good performances. I'll come back. And that's, that's what I always try to look at. I've done the complete fucking opposite ways. Um, <laughs> Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace, how good are they? Like, do, they do they actually explain to new boys like the demands that, that they expect for a Rangers player? Yeah, so they're both brilliant. They were both brilliant. Um, we had a young team. Boys, obviously, a lot of them are coming from down south. Maybe didn't know what the club was about, the expectation levels. And we'd sit up in a canteen and it was kind of like, the headmaster and the assistant, do you know what I mean? So like Lee Wallace would sit there, Kenny Miller would sit there and you'd like sit in and you listen to the stories. They'd say stories about obviously what had happened before, um, the expectation of the club, what to be aware of, um, you know, don't be going out every weekend. You lose a game, don't be seen down the clubs, da 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 da, da. Um, Make sure you clap the fat. All, all these, these little things that make a difference that when you're at another club, nobody cares about. No. Nobody cares. Um, but when you're at a club at, this size and, and it means that much to the fans. They made sure that they they kept everybody right. Well, how did you find that? Obviously, they're saying dinner go out if you get beat, stuff like that. How did you find walking about Glasgow getting noticed constantly? Did you like it or did you not like it? It's weird, mate. I, it was I, obviously everybody likes a little bit of attention to a certain degree, but I'm quite um, I'm quite a standoff person. Person, person. Like I'm, I. I I, I'm not. I'm not one of them that likes limelight on me. Like I, I just. I like to keep myself to myself and go about my business. Um, but when I first joined, I just found it strange because I, I hadn't even signed yet, and I was walking back to and people were like, "Oh, Wes, can I get an autograph?" And I'm thinking, "How do you know who I am?" Like, and it was like they just knew straight away. It was crazy because they, they all just they, they follow the football. They, you know, every you know all these fans. They're reading what's going on with the club. They they. So they're watching you, you're out and about, and they're watching you. So you have that sort of obligation away from the footballing side of things to, to conduct yourself in a proper manner. And that's what I always try to do. Was it a buzz driving up to Ibrox on a Saturday? Oh, unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. So obviously the first time I'd stepped out, I think we played St. Miriam was my first home game. And there was like 49,000 there. I think we won 2-0 on a night. And I was just there thinking, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. And obviously at the time, I knew we were in the Scottish Championship. 
it was like we kind of it was it was quite false because I was looking at the level saying well this standard's not very good but look at this look at this support mm. look at the football club oh, why wouldn't you want to come and play for this football club so it's not surprising that when the club went down all the way down that a lot of boys were leaving clubs in higher divisions to come play for Rangers because it has that attraction yeah um, the style of football you played that year was great who, uh, who impressed you straight away that first season with? Who, who, who did you think was a top player um, Tav started unbelievable he whipped like four free kicks in a row in or something he, he was just he was unreal um, but from the boys that I didn't know I'd have to say Barry Mackay I like Barry Mackay mate. Good oh, honestly what a player Technically, he, technically, he's got everything. He was just—he was just unbelievable. You know, he—he he, he didn't piece it together often enough. You know, he'd probably be the first to admit that. But what a player, by the way. Right, Wes. I know you'll be honest. Obviously, the team are flying at that stage. When the draw was made for the semi-final and it was set, like, were the boys buzzing? Oh, everyone was cheering. Everyone was cheering, and it was—it was one of them because we knew everyone was excited to try and play an old firm game. At that point, obviously, so it were in the top division. We were in a championship. We knew we'd have to wait a year to get that game unless we drew them in the cup. Um, and obviously, when we drew them in the cup, everyone straight away was just buzzing. And it was one of them. We had a great togetherness in the group. And we thought, you know what? We'll give this a right good go. We can beat these. Um, obviously, at the time, they were the Who best. Who stands up and says that, Wes? Is that the manager that says we can beat these or is it just between the boys? No, so it's just... Been, Talk between the boys. Yeah. You know, the manager the manager just said, you know, this is an opportunity for you boys. This is oh, you, you must have been devastated too that you had your hardest game this season before that. Peter Head and the Petrified final. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a> big, <laughs> I don't think I mate, didn't even need to wash my kit after that. <laughs> oh, you can't <laughs> let it go in, man. What's wrong with you? I, I didn't have a shot on goal to even let it in. <laughs> right, uh, right mate, how did you find that build up to that big semi-final? It's intense week, isn't it? It was intense, yeah. It was intense. It was just because it's obviously different to the other games. There's obviously a lot of media attention and that expectation on a normal fixture. But this one it was just it was it was 10x. So it was it was literally like the biggest thing that's come into Glasgow in the past year. And I was just there thinking, whoa. This is like a big occasion, like, don't mess this up sort of thing. And that was what I always looked at. I always felt when an opportunity came, make sure you take that opportunity. And I've always, you know, whenever there's an opportunity that's come along, try and make, give it your best shot. Do your best. Leave it all out there. Don't come off that pitch with any regrets. And that was the, that was the, sorry, that was the, that was the sort of message that was going through the group at that point. We were all hungry to prove that we could perform at that level. Did you, uh, did you speak about Celtic's form leading up to it? Because I don't think they were going great and there was quite a lot of pressure. They were a little bit ropey at, the, at that point, if I can remember. And it wasn't a case of, you know, oh, they're, not, you know they're not playing well at the moment. We can have these. We still knew they had very, very good players. They were still a very good team. There's no denying that. Um, but we knew that, that that togetherness that we had in that team, we were all going to go out there and work together. We had an identity, whether it was right or wrong, or whether people agreed with it or didn't agree with it. We had an identity which we stuck to 
and we all work together and we all work for the manager and, and I think that's, that's probably what got us across that line. So you're on that identity for a goalkeeper, I always wonder this, I've never ever actually asked a goalie on here, see when a manager is so adamant on playing it for the back, is there ever a time as a goalie where you think, this isn't working, it's no on, I'm just, I want to just kick the ball to the pitch and take a bit of pressure <clears> on defence? As long as the boys want the ball, there's always, you can always play out. That's, Man City do it every week. Yeah. Because they all want the ball. It's when you don't want the ball. So it's them ones where you're showing, but you're not showing. That's when it kind of breaks down. And we all bought into the idea of playing out. So everybody was showing. And it's a role that me personally, I've been playing for the last four or five years. It was something I was comfortable with. The boys that had been brought in, it was something they were comfortable with. And it just clicked. Mm. Uh, right, mate, on to the game. How buzzing were you? Uh, sorry, how relieved were you when Patrick Roberts missed that open goal? I couldn't believe it. Because I, I, I remember... Think, when the ball goes by, do you think goal? No, so obviously it's, it's come off the post, isn't it? Had a, was it a shot edge of the box hit the post and then gone yeah. out to... But yeah. And then I'm scrambling across the goal to try and get back. And I'm thinking, if he puts this on target, I might not be getting there. And he's just, I don't know what, he's, he took his eye off it or whatever and he's just, he's hit the side netting. Couldn't believe it. It was just, it's one of them, you're, you're thinking after that point, it's, it's, it's your lucky day. Uh, see, throughout the game, like, are, you, are you standing in goals? Rangers were obviously playing well. Did you think, we can do this here? Yeah, of course. So we, we were playing well. It was, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't let the occasion get to us. We weren't, you know, nervous to play our normal way. We played the way we'd been playing the full season and it was working and we were doing well. Um, see, sorry, wait, see when that's happening though are you ever in the back of your mind thinking right, we're on top here I cannot make a mistake man you are but you're not you're, 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 you're more you're more aware of the concentration you know at this point whenever, whenever the boys are doing it it goes vice versa so if you haven't got much to do like in that Stoke game boys are playing well and you're the only one that's not playing well it doesn't look good it just doesn't look good. So I'm thinking the boys are putting all this work in. I'm going to make sure I put the work in as well. I need to be matching that because as a goalkeeper, you can mess everything up by yourself, literally. So yeah. I'm thinking boys are putting in this level of work. We fought so hard for this. Make sure you stay on job. And that was literally a message in my head throughout that game. Right, mate. Griffiths, uh, Griffiths gets uh, a, a shot off the bar. Comes back. Off the bar. See, even you're saying it. I've, I saved that shot. Right, talk us through it. So what happened? You get a fingertip. So the, the, obviously he's hit it and it's going, it's going top bin. I've top hand, flicked it onto the bar. Never got the credit for that save, by the way. <laughs> it's gone, no worries. And it's come back <laughs> off the bar and I felt it hit, I think it was like the back of my arm on my shoulder. So I've turned around and it's literally just trickled past the post. And I was just thinking, phew. See, when it hits your arm, does the, does the heart rate, does it go? Well, I didn't know where it was, so I'm thinking it's hitting me and it's going in. So yeah. instantly it's hit me and I've turned around and it's trickled past the post and just relief. You're just thinking, what? It's your day. Wow. And then it goes to penalties, mate. What are you thinking? What's going through your head? Are you calm or are you nervous? I'm thinking it's a chance to be a hero. I think any goalkeeper going into a penalty shootout is thinking the same thing. I'm thinking this is a chance for me to be the hero. So I'm sat there. Again, I've gone through all the penalties with Jim. I was just going to ask you that. So you've done the exact same as you've done the playoffs. You've went through the penalty takers. Yeah, I've gone through all the penalty takers. Jim's wrote them down on a bottle, right? So imagine this. Jim's wrote them down on a bottle. I put the bottle in the goal. I had the bottle in the goal with me for the game. 
put a towel over it because obviously boys coming in sometimes they take your bottle to have a drink or they're marking it can sit so I didn't want anyone to see what was on there right so I've covered it penalties now so I've got the bottle I've whacked it by the side of the goal so Craig Gordon's obviously in goal for Celtic <clears throat> and he's worked with Jim at Scotland so he knows what Jim does with the water bottle so he's picked my bottle up and he's launched it no way he's picked my bottle up and he's launched it didn't that Craig, Craig Gordon had that in him? Mate, he's launched my bottle. And did you crack him? No, I, I didn't see him launch the bottle. So he's launched it. So I'm looking around, like, for this bottle. I can't see it. One of the ball boys has said, he's launched your bottle. <laughs> I, I've turned around to look at Jim. Jim's going absolutely mental on the sideline because he's seen what's happened. Like, they're shouting at like a ball boy to get this water bottle back. But in fairness, I had literally studied that bottle those notes the night before so I didn't really need the bottle so I and knew where everyone was going that, well where they'd gone in the past so you're, hope, you're thinking hopefully a high pressure penalty they'd stick to what they're used to and did, did it work this time did Scott Brown go the way it said on the bottle yeah he wow. just, he just he, he'd literally done the same thing maybe his last four penalties um, to be fair the penalties before then there were decent penalties in the corner but that one um, big occasion, obviously. So, what's that? What's the noise like? Was when you save a penalty like that? Can, can you actually remember hearing the noise of the crowd when you saved it? Yeah, they, they went mental. They went mental. And at that point, I think we were, I think we just missed the penalty. Maybe it was Tav that had missed. I'm not sure. Um, so we were down, um, down a goal at that point. So I think if he had scored that penalty, you know, we were probably looking at going out of that cup. Memory of seeing the ball sail over the bar, Tom Rogic. Oh, so I didn't know until after the penalty that the turf had kicked up a little bit. Mm. So I don't know if you've seen, he's planted his foot to hit it and the turf's like moved and the ball's popped up a bit and he's whacked it and it, he's obviously skied it and the place has just gone mental, man. And it was just that, it was just, it was just a great feeling because we put so much work in that season um, there was a lot of expectation on the boys as well to get promoted. You know, are you going to catch out? You boys aren't good enough, blah, 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 all the rest of it. And we worked so hard. And to get that reward at the end of it was just, you know, it was special. What, uh, what's the dressing room like after that, mate? Going mental. Drink everywhere. Champagne flying around. Boys just going mental. It's just a, just a real togetherness and everyone's just buzzing. It was just yeah, a good, good special moment. Who were, the, who were the good lads in that dressing room? Who, who, who were any funny guys or characters? You know who was hilarious? Nathan Adua. Was he? Oi, he was funny. You know one of those guys that is so funny without trying to be funny? Yeah. He's one of them. So we, I'll tell you just a quick story on one. We, we've got a game. Um, I can't remember who we're playing, but Warbs is going through the... <clears throat> he's going through the, um, the pre-match meeting. And he's saying, we need to do this. We're going to do this. Like, you know, show, make a statement, blah, blah, blah. And, and then Nathan's just ad-libbing. And he just goes, yeah, crush their dreams. <laughs> like from nowhere. And then, and then everyone just pissing them. We're thinking, what, what are you talking? It was a serious conversation, by the way. It's a serious meeting. And, and everyone's like focusing. And he's like, yeah, crush their dreams. <laughs> I love guys like that, man. What did Warburton say? Uh, what was that? What did the manager say when he said that? He just started laughing, mate. He just he just looked at him and just started laughing. He was like, "Where did that come from?" But Nathan was he was a good lad. Amazing man. Uh, right, mate. Wrapped up the league comfortably, beating Celtic in the semi. 
what I'm thinking back to is he told you beat Hibs 6-2 the first game of the, but early on in the season he must have been super confident going into that final now. Nah? We were we were we were just in a good we were in a good place obviously coming off the semi-final um, it was literally one more hurdle and that was it you know the club had been starved of silverware at that point or significant silverware at that point and this was an opportunity for us as a group to make history and, and bring a, a major trophy back to the club and it was just disappointing. It was what just, do you think went wrong with? I think early, early on, you know, they, I think they, did they go one nil up? So they've gone one nil up. Um, we've responded well in the game and we've just, we didn't really get into a rhythm early enough, um, but we've, we, 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 we've you know, dug it out and dug it out and, and grinded our way back into this game. And we're 2-1 up with literally minutes to go. And Allardyce scores an unbelievable goal. And we're, I'm thinking at this point, like, we're going to do this, like, just a few more minutes, just stay focused. And one set piece just obliterates us. See, I wanted to ask you, because Clint Hill told me that Mark Warburton never worked on defensive set pieces. Is that right? I wouldn't say he'd never worked on them. He just didn't put the same emphasis on them as he did the attacking set plays. So we would focus more on what we were going to do rather than what the other teams were going to do. And I felt that was more his style. He didn't, obviously we looked at what other teams were, how they played or whatever, but the majority of our work was based on what we're going to do, how we're going to affect the game, not what other people are going to do to us. That must be frustrating for a goalie though. It was one of them. I think we did have a clear weakness in defending set pieces. Um, whether that was down to a lack of us working on it or a lack of the personnel, you know, who knows? But we clearly did have a weakness there. Um, but saying that any team has weaknesses, yeah. it's one of those, any team has weakness, weaknesses. And I think, I think for the majority of the season, our strengths outweighed our weaknesses. But on that day, it was just, you know, it, it cost us, it punished us bad. See, for the highest it was the low of Hibs worse than the high? Mate, it, it, it felt as if, it honestly felt, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't even tell you where that medal is. Yeah. You get a medal, didn't you, for coming second? I don't know where it is. I, I took it in a bag, I went home, and I've never seen it again since. I, I didn't care. Because it was one of those where you'd done so well to get to the final. You'd done the hardest part already. Go and finish it off. You've gone this far, let's go and finish And we didn't do that. And... It was, it was just deflating. It do you think that so affected Matt, the rest of Matt Warburton's time? That, see, if that, you did win that final, do you think things would have been different? There's certainly been a lot more positivity around, around him as the manager of the football club and with himself as well. It takes off that little bit of pressure of, well, I've won a trophy here. Mm. Let's build on that. Instead, it was billed as, you guys messed this up, really messed this up. Like, and it kind of just went downhill from there. See, on that final, did you, did you need to like, fight your way through Hibs fans and that? Did you get anyone banjo you now? So, so obviously they've all come on the pitch. And um, I've seen obviously some pictures afterwards and videos. There's one of Lee Wallace like doing a full squat duck in a haymaker. Um, so I've, come, I've gone back to pick my towel up. So I've walked back, turned round, and I've seen just a sea of fans coming onto the pitch. So I thought, I'm not going to run, like, 
I'm not going to run, love. West, West London, innit? West London, innit? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm not going to run. Like, I'm a grown man, I'm not running. So I've gone back, picked up my towel, I'm walking off, um, and somebody's pushed me from the back or the side. So I've turned around, and there's just loads of fans. At this point, I've got my hands up. I'm thinking, I can't jab anyone here, but if someone comes to hit me, like, what are you going to do? The security's overwhelmed, like, it's one of them moments where you're thinking somebody could actually try and attack you. You're going to have to scrap. Yeah. Um, luckily, there was a, a steward that come on and he's grabbed me who I thought was a fan. So I've like grabbed him and then realised he was a steward. <laughs> and realised, so he's like got me like this, taking me off. Meanwhile, I'm seeing Lee Wallace then dodging like, and I'm just thinking, what is going on here? It was, it was one of them. I think it was an embarrassment for Scottish football at that point. And they yeah. ruined that day, by the way. They've ruined that day for their team. Oh, can, you believe, can you believe how intense that is up here, guys? It's mental. It's mental. It's, yeah. it's one of those. It is, it's passionate. And anybody that's a passionate football person will come into that environment and enjoy it. You know, in, 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 in football and in life, there's going to be ups and downs. And it's one of those where you're never going to have it. It's never going to be plain sailing. You're never going to have everything your, your way. But it's, if you can thrive in that environment, then it's what a place. Right, mate. We'll go on to the first season in the Premiership now. Uh, so, just catch on to what you were saying there. Was there a wee bit of negativity coming back because of the Scottish Cup final or was that completely forgotten about when you came back for pre-season? Um, I wouldn't say it was forgotten about it. Definitely, the media certainly didn't, didn't, didn't let the club forget about it. But it was one of those where it's gone, you know, we need to look forward. We need to move on. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very different challenge that's facing us this season. Um, we need to go up a level or two. And, and I think that was the message from the start of the season, from the word go. And, you know, again, we, we worked hard. See, when you seen like, the likes of Barton, Crankjar, Senderos, Clint Hill come in, did you think that you could challenge Celtic? When I looked at the quality of those players coming in, I thought, we got a chance here. If we could, if we could, or if we kept the same identity, which I think we strayed from a little bit, if I'm honest, I think we strayed from that. Um, but the, why do you think the, that was? Why didn't why didn't you stay from it? I think a lot of the older boys that came in had reservations about the way we were playing, and a lot of what we were doing was high energy. So asking Nico to get in the middle of that park, get up, get down—that's not his game. It's never been his game. He's an unbelievable, wonderful technician, and you wanted to get him on the ball. Maybe it suited him playing a little bit deeper for us at some points where he didn't have to run as much. You know, Joey coming in as well, you know, he just had a different idea of what was needed to be successful at that level. And I think there was just a little bit of conflict of, you know, we should be doing this or we should be doing that. Whereas the year before, we just all jumped on the bandwagon with the manager. Yeah. Said, right, this is what we want to do. We're going to carry that plan out to perfection. And yeah, I think that's where we probably went wrong. How was Joey Barton? Uh, we played against you, they told the story. He was funny on the pitch, man. Was he, was, was he a funny guy? And obviously intense. You know what? He, he was weird. He was weird. because, and, and the reason I say weird is because you'd sit down with him at lunch and you'd have a chat. He's an, just a normal guy. Just a normal guy, normal chat, conversation, have a laugh, have a joke or whatever. And from nowhere, he could just talk to you like you're a piece of shit. From nowhere. And I, I, I'm one of them people where, and I, I never had these sort of disagreements with him or anything like that. We were fine. But... He'd done it to a few boys and I just felt that's not the way you, you talk to people. 
And I know, you know, you say, oh, you're soft, it's football, but there's a certain level of respect. And the manager instilled that in us. He said, between the boys, there's a certain level of respect. There's lines that you don't cross. And I think his, his way of going about things was a little bit different to what we were used to in that group and what the manager was trying to put across to the group. Um, so he had a difficult, you know, he's, the games he played, he, he, he started and he had a difficult period even on the pitch. Um, there was one, there was one game we played Dundee away and he went absolutely mental at Lee Wallace for not challenging for a header. Um, so we're coming in at half time and he's, he's at, and by the way, Lee Wallace is the captain of the football club. Yeah. And absolutely going through Lee Wallace and Lee's basically saying to him, have some respect, like, I understand your point and maybe you're right, but have some respect. And I come in thinking, Joey, it was your man that just scored from that corner. It was his man that scored from the corner. <laughs> and I was thinking he's coming in effing and blinding. I'm thinking, you're going to go and defend this corner properly or what? Before you start digging other boys out. Fair enough. Listen, respect to him. Top player, had a good career. But he were not great for us. Would, would nobody ever say, like, well, Joey, it's your man? Would, would, would there be no one in there that was capable of standing up? Uh, it was in the meeting afterwards when we were going through it. We were like, it was highlighted that it was his man. At that point, I don't think many people knew it was his man. Right. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those. It was, we had a, he kind of came in and changed the dynamics of the group a bit and it threw everything out of sync. And that's not because, you know, he's not a top player because he is a top, you'd see it in training. Very, yeah. very good player. The way he just wanted to operate and the way that maybe he got motivated was different to what... You were used to the, the dynamics in the group were and it just didn't fit well it just wasn't a good fit alright mate talking of characters Josh Windass dearie me man what a boy strange guy <laughs> he's just he's just he's just miles off it isn't he the way he's just he just he's got no sense well, who would you hang about with who would you like go out with that Clint Hill was saying Joey Gardner like tonight who would Joey you have? oh mate Joey have you heard the story by the way about him on the Christmas night out no come on give us it so, Christmas night out, we're in Manchester, we're going through the hotel. He loved the drink, Joey, like, loved the drink. What a lad. So we're going through the hotel reception, and at this point, the manager said, I don't want any stories coming out. No stories, keep your head down, enjoy yourselves, do what you've got to do, come back ready. So obviously, Joey's coming to the hotel reception, he, he's steaming there's a massive massive Christmas tree in the in the lobby he sprinted the full length of the lobby and he's two footed this Christmas tree and the Christmas trees fell down the knew what was coming man as soon as you said oh, man. and he's two footed this tree man and I was just thinking oh. and somehow I don't know how I think it ended up on social media somehow I don't know how it did um, but yeah he was just one of those characters that just yeah he was Oh, you need boys like that, mate. That's, I love that. You need boys oh, you like do, that. Of course, of course, you do. Um, hey, mate, I need to ask you, first, uh, first game going to play Celtic at Celtic Park, uh, first day of the season, he's confident going into that game. Obviously, Celtic had Brendan Rodgers at the time. Game, they had a good team, didn't they? No, they did. They had, he had them playing some unbelievable football. They'd signed some good... Um, Moussa Dembele had signed at this point, was it? And Scott Sinclair. They had some very, very good players. They were playing a different way. They were a different team to what we were... to what they were, sorry, in the semi-final. 
And I think there was a lot of expectation because we'd beaten, beaten them in the semi-final. There was that expectation of, oh, we can match these. But realistically, they'd gone up another level. If you're being honest, they'd gone up another level. They changed the way they played. They were a much better team than what they were when we faced them in the semi-final. See, even when you play a team like that, well, Brendan Rodgers' team, would the focus of Martin Warburton's training still be on Rangers and know about wee bits no, of track so we, so we, we focused on, obviously, some of their main threats. So, right. obviously, Dembele at that point, Scott Sinclair at that point, we would do work on them. So, we would work on more on how we had the ball, when we had the ball, what we were going to do with it. Um, and, you know, if, if we lost the ball, what's our first reaction going to be? But in terms of, you know, just looking at hours of video footage on them and what they're going to do, we didn't do that. No. Nah. Uh, Clinton Hill said that the dressing room after it was quite wild, but I'm not going to ask you about that, but is that a turning point for Mark Warburton after that game? I think so. I think so. Um, it was, you know, a poor result. Um, you know, I think there'd been a little bit of you know, press outside of that game, just put cranking the heat up, cranking the pressure up on him. Um, but I think at that point, there needed to be a little bit of, you know, to put your, your clever hat on and just say, well, listen, look where the club's been, look where we are at the moment. If you looked at the investment that he'd made that were, or the investment that he'd been given to invest into the squad, it was, it, was, it was nowhere near what the club has now to invest in players. We were still a big, big distance away from being able to challenge properly. Um, but I think the game the previous season had kind of put an over-expectation on us to be closer than where we actually were. Yeah. And then uh, after a defeat like that, obviously you'd only known good times other than the final, but in the league I'm saying you were flying, so every time would have been, would have been great. But see, after a defeat like that, how hard is it to then be a Rangers player? It's difficult because you're catching stick left, right and centre. Mm. I remember I was, walk, I was walking back home after the game, getting some milk from the shop and I was getting abused, like literally abused. And it's one of that, again, it's one of those things that you know at this point, you're at this club, if you want to be, in, be at this football club or perform at this football club, you're going to have to take that on the chin. Yeah. Put it right next week. Next week you put in a top performance, they're all going to give you a kiss on the cheek and love you again and yeah. off to buy you a pint. And that's just how it is. That's life of being at a big football club. I can tell, by the way, you've talked that you were a big fan of Mark Warburton. Uh, you got it when he got sacked? I was. I was. Um, I was a fan of the way he played, um, the way he set up his teams. Um, I felt if he'd stayed that full season, you know, we ended up finishing third that year. I think if he'd stayed, 100% we'd have finished second. I think we were second at the point when he left. Um, the club just needed to upgrade the squad a little bit because I thought he was getting the best out of that group of players. So we just needed more investment into the squad, some better players through the door. Um, and I think with his way of playing, he still could have took the club further. So you think, I was a, you think it was a mistake sacking him? Was it? Obviously, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. Sack, resign, nobody really knows. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'd have resigned, to be perfectly honest. Um, but... Absolutely. I, I think if he'd stayed, um, the club would have been in a decent position because he had an identity that, you know, boys are coming into. It's easy. When, when things are clear and you have a certain identity of playing and you identify those players to come and play in that system, then, you know, you could perform that, persist that, that system well. And 
I think that's all we needed. We need a little bit of investment of some good quality players to come and play in that system. Just want to show you the basic QPR next year, mate. Um, <laughs> that's that then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham Murray came in on a temporary basis. Uh, the boys like him. Uh, yeah, so he came back. Obviously, there was a little bit of doom and gloom or whatever, and he came in, put a smile on everyone's face. And he, his, his style was very much trying to lift the spirits of the boys. The boys, the boys, to the boys. Um, get them going. Get them going. Ready to play. Ready to play. Go out there. Go out there. I felt that. That was perfect for what the club needed. Longer term, obviously, things started to go a little bit south for him. But at that point, I think he's done a fantastic job. See, see, for the outside, this is what baffles me about the, the Rangers situation. Obviously, we didn't know what happened behind the scenes, as you say, but if you're going to get rid of somebody like Mark Warburton, who's been quite successful for you, yeah. surely you've got a big name to replace him. And then when you hear that a guy called Pedro Cuscini is getting the, the job, like I was totally baffled, mate. Like, were the players the same? Obviously, no one had ever heard of him. That's not, an, not a disrespectful way. He'd been managing yeah. in Qatar and Mexico and other things. So he's come in, um, done a presentation, showed the boys. And he kind of had a little bit of Paolo about him in a sense that he was very clear and concise on how he wanted to play and the demands that he wanted to put on you. He had this thing called the pattern, right? So you only got a day off if the pattern said you could have a day off. So What's that? I don't, know how he I don't know how he worked out this pattern, side. To this day, I still don't know how he worked it out. But he made, he made some sort of like, algorithm between games, training, and like, the intensity of training to give you a day where you could have that day off. And it would be set already. So you'd already know when you were getting a day off, like four months away. It was mental. <laughs> so you could, have played, you could have played three games, right, on a bounce. And you could see boys are tired. You need yeah. a day off. Most managers would say, all right, good result today, lads. Have the day off. He was like, nope. Nope. Wait, so would Nibdi say, like, would Nibdi put their hand up and say, like, come on, man. We need a, a few boys. Clint, Clint, Clint Hill was, was one of those guys that would put his hand up and, and say, like, Gaffer, I'm not sure about that. Gaffer, I'm not sure about that. Um, obviously, you've heard the story of Garns trying to get on a stag do and it was just the pattern. Nope. The pattern. It's not me. It's the pattern. That's what he'd say. Like, it's not me. It's the pattern. The pattern. Like the pattern doesn't. If the pattern dictates, you can go. You can go. If not, you can't go. Then did you ever say, "Can I speak to the pattern?" Then <laughs> should have done that. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. How was he? The goalies was. Was he ruthless on you? Wait, I didn't know he was a goalie himself. Was he? Yeah, I didn't know that. Did he ever put the gloves on? Nah, never. <laughs> Never. So I'm going to tell you, right? So he brought in his own goalkeeper coach. I need a bit of water for this one. <laughs> so he brought in his own goalkeeper coach, um, Jose Bellman. And before I start hammering him, I'm just going to say, what a lovely guy. Right. What a nice guy. Like, genuinely, one of them happy-go-lucky, unbelievable characters, right? But I've never seen a goalie coach not own a pair of gloves. <laughs> what? He didn't own a pair of gloves, mate. <laughs> he didn't own a pair of gloves. He never, he never wore a pair of gloves, ever. 
Would I, you never say, like, where's your gloves? Nah. I just didn't say anything. I just always thought it. Like, he's just not got a pair of gloves, mate. Sometimes, you know, obviously, when the weather got cold, he'd have the woolly gloves on, mate. But he'd never own a pair of gold gloves. So, anyway, he obviously worked with the goalies and stuff. It was different to, you know, what the goalies have been used to. Um, and I actually, I actually sat down with the manager and I said, this ain't working. Like, he's, he's miles off it. Like, he's miles off it, genuinely. Because it wasn't even... I, I just felt he wasn't the right fit for... Because I, I'm getting stick on a week. Like, I need somebody that's... Wait, you better. Yeah, I need somebody that's, that's on me 24... Going to push me. And he wasn't really, do, he wasn't really doing that. Like he, and I just felt it wasn't the right fit. And he kind of just brushed it off and said, no, he's the goalie coach, that's it. Um, and to be fair to him... Right, sorry. To be fair to him, right, he didn't own a pair of gloves. And somebody got injured. I can't remember one of the goalies got injured, right? So we needed a goalie to go in goal. He's gone out. So he's gone in goal, mate. He's took off the... He's, he's put on someone's gloves and it was unbelievable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> was he playing or not? I was thinking he could play on the weekend, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what was he, Sessions rubbish, mate, is it, huh? Uh, they were just... Anyone to tell you, anyone that's played in England, they'll tell you, like, whenever a foreign goalkeeper coach come in, they're a lot different. Their sessions are just yeah. completely different. And the one thing I, I, I liked about him is he always backed the goalies up. So if we were doing a session, right, where the goalies were getting absolutely tanked, because sometimes you get a finishing drill where the manager doesn't care about what the goalies are doing, it's about the outfield players, he'd step yeah. in and say, no, 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 you're not doing this, not to my goalies, which I respected a lot. But... Yeah. Even you need to have a pair of gloves, mate. You need to have a pair of gloves. Uh, mate, even, have, one, you need to have a pair of gloves, right? And two, when you're doing a warm-up, you can't be throwing a ball in at me, mate. He, he, we're doing a warm-up once, and I think he threw the ball the whole section. Well, instead of balling at you, he threw it. He just, from the edge of the box, he was just going, mate, it was before, it was before <laughs> an old firm game one day. He had a ball, and he was going, throwing the balls at me. And I was like, I'm trying to be in serious mode here, and he's just... <laughs> and it, it just went right, mate. It just, it just went right. But I, I, going back to Pedro, I just think his ideas just didn't fit in with, again, with what, what the boys were looking for at the club. Oh, you say like he was someone, uh, the Canio, could he crack like the Canio as well? Yeah. He could well, in a funny way, but you want to laugh. He, he had this weird face, right? So he'd like, all the time he had the weird eyes and the smile, so he'd be walking around just like, <laughs> he'd walk around like that good morning like that, that sort of thing but when he went mad like it was the complete opposite and it, you, ju you just see it straight away right Michael O'Halloran used to get under his skin kind of like what Medi used to do to Paolo right Michael O'Halloran was Paolo's Medi that, 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 that <laughs> what, what was Michael O'Halloran did? He didn't really do anything. This is the thing. Right? He, didn't really, he just didn't like Mikey, right? For whatever reason, Mikey's character, he's laid back. He, he just didn't like him. Just didn't like him, right? So it was clear that their relationship was not great, like whatever. And Mikey would just like, so Gaffer would say to Mikey, Mikey, move to the left. He'd move to the right. Like just stupid little things like that. And he just wired him up, mate, to the point where 
he just lost it with him and just said, get inside. Just, just well, on the training ground, he just lost it with him, huh? Yeah. Michael, I, I, I've met him. He's a lovely boy, but he is stuck as shit, isn't he? Oh, mate, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't think he knew how much he was getting under his skin, but I could just see it from a mile off. And he'd just walk around like, didn't even know what was happening. Right, mate, so Pedro gets sacked and then Murray takes over again. And he's come back to Florida. He's absolutely flying, man. What were you doing over in Florida? So it was a good training camp. Um, we had a tournament, obviously, we played against, uh, off the top of my head, Corinthians, a couple of other clubs that were you know, good, good uh, level clubs. Um, you know, it was, just, it was just nice. You know, even the downtime, we went to, I think, the owner of one of the football clubs there, went to the villa, had like a barbecue out on the beach and stuff. So the downtime, we all spent together. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, going off on different groups and, we spent the downtime together, enjoyed that time. When we train, we train hard. And um, yeah, just just obviously played the games, done well in the games, and came back and just kind of took it on from there. So, as I say, you were flying, but then that 3-2 defeat, 10-man Celtic, just seemed to kill you for the rest of the season, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It was, it was, yeah, that just kind of, it kind of just sucked the momentum out of us. And, and it was, uh, at that point, it was, it was one of those games where, it had an effect. You know, a lot of times you say, oh, well, you know, straight back on the horse, but it had an effect. And, and I think anyone would be honest and say that. See, with that way, like that team showed at times that they could compete with Celtic because obviously it was 2-2, Celtic had put down to 10-man. And it just always seems like Celtic got that wee bit more. Why, why do you think that was? Was it better players than they did? You've got to be honest and say they had better players. You look at the team, the team was better. And, and that was just the reality. You know, it, the boys gave everything um, in those games and tried their best. But when you look at the quality of their squad, the level of player they had compared to the level of player we had, you've you got to be honest and say they were, they were miles ahead still. Mm. Right, mate. Uh, and then you hear the appointment of Stephen Gerrard. You must have been absolutely buzzing when you hear Gerrard was getting the job. I think a lot of the boys were buzzing. Um, it's one of them absolute legend in football. And you're thinking, why is he going to be your manager? I think loads of boys were just excited for him to come in and, and to get working. Did you speak to him, Wes, before he came in? Did he phone you on that? Yeah, so I was actually, when he got the job, I was in Dubai. And he was actually in Dubai, staying in the same hotel as me. Funnily enough, it's how it works out. So me and Josh were there. So we grabbed a like 15-minute chat with each of us. Um, just said, obviously, new manager at the club. This is what I'm looking to do. Is there anything you need? Blah, 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 blah. And that was it. Just a sort of introduction chat. Did he tell you you'd play this? No. So when I met him, he said to me, the club are 95% down the road with the deal for McGregor. Um, and they've asked, you know, if I want to pull the plug or if I want to go, with, go ahead with it. I said, and he said to me, if they think it will improve the club, then to go ahead and sign him. So they obviously sanctioned that deal. And he said to me, listen, like, whoever deserves to play will play. And were, you, were you bothered by them signing McGregor? Did you fancy yourself? Oh, to point, I, just, I just felt as if, you know, every time you go up a level, you're going to have to bring your standards up. That's, that, that's just how it is. And I knew by bringing him in as manager and some of the players we were linked with, we were going up another level. And the onus was then on me to raise my game and say, well, you know what? It doesn't matter who you bring in. I'm going to show you I should be playing. And that's what was he like in the first... Sorry, mate, on you go. No, I said that was the attitude I, I came into that season with. 
Right. What was he like in the first training sessions? Is he quite down to earth? Yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. I mean, for straight from the beginning, you could see he demanded a high standard. Um, that probably comes from him being such a top player where he probably had those standards as a player. He wanted to make sure that the boys had that standards as well. So that was clear, a clear message early on. Is he a good talker? Like, is, he, is it the same as the carry when he gets everyone in a group and it's, this is the way it's going to be, this is the way it needs to be, and if it's no, you're not going to be here? Or is he more laid back than that? Um, he's, he's, he's quite laid back, I'd say, in the sense that when he's having a meeting, it's, it's one tone, and it? it's just he's just having a meeting. But when he goes off, he, 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 he can go off. So, is he scary, huh? Yeah, he can go off. So it's when he well, goes... Up there, up, there the, up there with the canyon? <laughs> he could go off. <laughs> he could go off. <laughs> he could go off. His tongue, let's just say his tongue's sharp. Did he, uh, did he join in training? Uh, now and again, now and again, he'd, he'd have a little go, yeah. Still, he could still see. Decent. Yeah, yeah. Still a good player. Still ping. Still got a ping yeah. on him. Banked a few, like, but still, a, still a, obviously, you can see that with that. Because see when McGregor came in, like I said, uh, my, my mates, I was saying, there's no way Wes will, will stay and no play. You'll, you'll not sit on the bench. So, so why, why did you do that? I always wanted so, to know. I've always kind of wanted to speak on this one, right? And I've got to be careful what I say, like, in terms of stitching anybody up here. But when McGregor came in, it was always the club's intention to sell me that summer. So it was, I was never told this, by the way. I was never told that I was being sold or whatever, but that was what happened. I got a call from my agent and they said, they want to sell you um, at this point. Um, and that's it. And I was like, okay, so I found it strange. I had a meeting with the manager. Basically, he kind of just said to me, I won't say go into details, but he just said to me, you're not my type of person which I was like, okay, I found quite strange. It was like, it was, it was strange. That's all I could say on it. it was, I found that I found this. Do you say why you want this type of person? No, he didn't go into any real great depth on it, really. I just, he, he just, he kind of questioned my, not commitment, but my willingness to be there and fight for a position which I don't think I showed anything to say, to suggest that, you know, I'm not happy to fight for my place. Like I've, I've, I've fought for my place in my whole career. It's not, it's not something that's new to me. Um, but anyway, decision was made. I was papped out. Like I weren't even training at this point, like with, um, with the main team. Oh, well, you don't know. I never knew that. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I wasn't even. I was training with the goalies still, but whenever we went into the main session, I had to stay over. I weren't even. I couldn't believe it. I, I honestly, from, I just couldn't believe what was happening. But you know, it is it, what it is. Sometimes the manager takes a liking to you. Sometimes the manager doesn't take a liking to you. And so I thought I was away that summer. So I've spoke to my agent again. He said, the club want X amount for you. Um, we're struggling to get X amount for, like, for you. Like, no one's biting at that amount. Um, yeah. I can get someone on, you know, I've got a club for you to go on loan with a view to a permanent at that figure, but 
they're not willing to pay that figure today, sort of thing. So I said, okay, let's go speak to the club. I spoke to the club. Club basically said, no, we want that figure. You're not going on loan. That's what we want. And in all honesty, I was priced out of move at that point mm. because literally those 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 four weeks, I'd been getting. There was stuff leaked in the press. It never came from me or my agent to say, you know, Wes wants out or Wes isn't happy or, you know, Wes is now third choice or bombed or whatever. And none of that, you know, it, it, all this stuff was coming out. And I was in a real awkward position where the club wanted to sell me, but I hadn't been marketed very well at that point, you know. So it was, um, and they, wasn't, they wouldn't, wasn't prepared to drop that price. But as time went on, your price drops. That's just how it is naturally. And, you know, they tried to drop it slightly, or whatever, but it was never a realistic figure for me to get out um, yeah. at that point. See, when all this was going on, how was, uh, how was McGregor winning? Ledge, mate. What, yeah, what a guy, mate. Ledge guy to train with. He's a top goalkeeper. Um, but he just trains really hard. He's just, you know, he, he works really hard. But away from the football side of things, He's just a, he's laid back. You know, you see him on the pitch and he's, you know, he's, he's irate, isn't he? But off the pitch, he's just, he's laid back. I mean, he's just, yeah. What, what's Do you a good laugh? Do you a good laugh, McGregor? Oh, mate, funny, funny, mate. Honestly, funny. What, just like one line doesn't that? Just, just, just he, he, could, he, he has this thing where he shouts, mate. Like, so he'd be talking normally and from nowhere he'd be shouting and not realise he's shouting. Like, he's just got an, an angry switch in him. But, um, yeah, just a, just a top guy. Brilliant. Uh, just on leaving Rangers, mate, obviously, because of the situation, you've not really had a chance to say goodbye to the Rangers fans. Is that a bit of a sore one for you? Because I think in genu- general, they think you've done well for them. Yeah, it is. It is. It's disappointing. I mean, I'm not sentimental in the sense that, you know, oh, this is the be-all and end-all. It's not. It's, you know, it's a journey of my career. And to be fair, it's been the best moment of my career to date. You know, I've spent five great years here. Um, the fans have always been you know, great and fair with me and it's disappointing to leave obviously with this whole coronavirus not being able to see the boys the staff at the club that have helped me for five years that you know, I'm probably not going to get an opportunity to say bye to obviously the fans as well so it's a, it's a, it's a difficult way to say bye uh, and then just last thing how do you look back on your time uh, you've just said only favorite time you've ever had. yeah um, it's you know, at the time when I made the move, I wasn't sure, you know, how it was going to pan out or if it was going to be good for my career or bad for my career. And, you know, I can look back and say I've developed into a much, much better goalkeeper than I was when I joined. Um, I've experienced some great memories, some highs and lows that I'll take with me moving forward. Um, no, and not just, as, not just as a footballer either, as a man, I've developed, you know, different traits that can only be tested when you're put in certain environments and I, and I think the environment that I was in has helped me flourish in that respect and then what now mate back to what do you think Premiership maybe I've heard a wee rumour of the Premiership young man where have you heard that Josh Windass stop <laughs> 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 talking rubbish um, no so obviously coronavirus is a bit slow at the moment um, but there's a bit of interest from down south so I will wait for the next couple of weeks to see what happening or whatever um, and yeah hopefully have something sorted soon on that where's your top man and top goalie I wish you all the best mate cool. cheers mate thanks for having me on you know
I'll see you in a bit, mate, all right? Yeah. Audi, we believe you deserve the best of both worlds. Experience the power of petrol with the efficiency of electric with the new Audi Q5 TFSIE plug-in hybrid. Cover everyday journeys in electric mode or go further with an effortless switch to the petrol engine. The new Audi Q5 TFSIE plug-in hybrid is part fuel, part electric, all Audi. Audi, Vorsprung durch Technik. You know that feeling you get when you sense a team's winning streak is about to end? Or when you know the pundits are getting it all wrong? That feeling? That's me. I'm your hunch. I was there back in Istanbul when you just knew the comeback was on. I'm the guy that tells you when the odds don't look so odd. I'm your hunch. It's time to start listening. Heed your hunch with Betway. Download the app to find out more about Betway's Bet Club. Full terms apply. 18 plus, dunlouis.net, bet the responsible way.